Welcome. Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of my weekly podcast, Writing Through the Pain. This is your host and Winnipeg multidisciplinary artist, Ingrid D. Johnson. Thank you, everyone, for joining me as I discuss, explore, and discover what facing and slowly healing after the trauma of childhood sexual abuse looks like in several areas of life, beginning with my childhood years and into my teens and then slowly into my adult life. Thank you for choosing to go on this healing journey with me as I share pieces of my story from my upcoming book and also interviews with other people that are connected to my story. Would you like to do more to show your support for this podcast? Then please, subscribe, leave a tip in any amount, or become a monthly sponsor by contributing $5 a month or more through our PayPal link. That link is www.paypal.com forward slash paypalme, all one word, forward slash ITC sponsorship. In return, you will receive a quarterly newsletter, a download code to my album Visions and Dreams, and 10% discount off all new In the Closet Productions products and services. Every dollar you contribute will be used to produce inspiring original music, live music shows, speaking engagements, this podcast, and other creative projects that helps to draw awareness to the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Thank you so much for your wonderful support. My story, part 25, Darkness. Warning, this episode could be triggering for some people who've gone through sexual assault, so listener discretion is advised. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. John 1, verse 5. When I was a kid, I was terrified of sleeping in the dark, and truth be told, even now as an adult, I can't sleep in the dark all on my own. There was always something about being alone in the dark that seemed to play with my mind and bring out the worst in my imagination. And then, there was that one time I saw a demon with red eyes sitting in my armchair, watching me sleep. A dark spiritual being that I could not wish away by closing my eyes tightly and opening them up again the type of being that could only be vanquished from my living room by turning on the light switch. But I had to have the strength to do it, the courage to get up despite being crippled by fear, run across the room and flip on the light. That was the only thing that could get me free from my living nightmare, the only thing that could deliver me from the scary demon with the red eyes watching me sleep in my living room at 19. It was a few weeks before the move to my new apartment on Colony Street. Isaac, Omega, and I were still living together, but I still felt like we were drifting apart. I felt like I was completely invisible to him, so I decided to change my hair to shake things up a bit. I thought he would notice me more with a new hairstyle and choose to give me more of his time. If I looked extra pretty. It was a foolish idea, but I knew how visual men could be, and I was desperate to win back his attention. 
The only problem was that I needed a good black hairstylist to do my hair, and it had been a long time since I'd been to one in the city that was actually good. Then one day I was crossing Portage Avenue and heading down Balmoral Street when a semi-pretty slim dark-skinned black woman around my height came up to me. Hi, she said casually. Hi, I responded, wishing she would move out of my way so I could just keep walking. You should come to the school of Marvell. We do haircuts, manicures, pedicures, waxing, all at a fair price. Actually, you would make a great hair model. Can I have your number and call you sometime to model? She asked. She seemed nice enough at the time, but something in my spirit did not feel at peace with her that day. But feeling lonely for good female friends, I decided to ignore my instincts and agree to her request. By the way, my name is Raylene. What's your name? She asked, smiling at me in a mischievous way that made me feel a little bit more uncomfortable. My name is Ingrid. I responded quietly with a million thoughts running through my head. After a little bit more chit-chat, I continued on my way, and a week later we were hanging out like old friends, drinking wine and going to the popular dance club on Saturday nights. For a while... It was a welcome distraction from all the issues I had at home with Isaac even after we moved to the new place on Colony Street. Hanging out with Raylene also took away the loneliness I felt when Isaac spent more of his time with his friends, in addition to the time he spent with his daughter, a baby girl he had with his ex-girlfriend before we became a couple again. During this time, I also became friends with one of Isaac's guy friends, girlfriend. Darlene Garrison, a strong-willed, pretty, voluptuous Caucasian woman with dark brown hair, baby blue eyes, who, is a popul- who was a couple years younger than me and originally from the country. Darlene and I hit it off right away, and a couple weeks later, she moved into the vacant apartment across the hall from me. This annoyed Isaac, who didn't like me being close to other people in his life. Darlene and I chose to be friends anyway and become and became inseparable after only a few weeks. In addition to this new friendship, I also found myself reconnecting with a previous friend named Ashley Baker, who had lost touch with me after moving out of my apartment on Quapel. Ashley Baker is a pretty, voluptuous, strong-willed Trinidadian black woman, also a few years younger than me. She is bold, honest, and has more confidence than I'd ever seen before in, my 18, in any 18-year-old girl her age. All of a sudden, my female friendships were growing again, and I no longer felt like a lonely girl without any real friends. Suddenly, I had a small crew of female friends that also consisted of my peanut from modeling and a tall, slender black girl named Maureen Mason, who I also met at a modeling convention. Things were looking up for me, despite the slow winding down of my relationship with Isaac Omega. During this time, before my 22nd birthday, Raylene and I also spent a lot of time together drinking wine and going out to the club. Something Isaac tries to warn me about after observing the amount of alcohol I was drinking whenever she was around. But feeling annoyed with him for putting me last on his list of priorities, I choose to ignore his warning. Believing that he was just jealous that I was not sitting at home waiting up for him anymore. A couple weeks after that warning, Isaac and I decide to end our relationship, and shortly after that, he quickly moves out, leaving me alone to drown in my sadness and lots of alcohol on the night of my 22nd birthday after hearing about him dating another girl, 
a girl I can't stand because she'd also dated another one of my ex-boyfriends right after we were done. On the night of my 22nd birthday, Ashley and Darlene decide to come to my apartment for some drinks before making our way to the club. Raylene comes by too with a bottle of wine and tells me that her boyfriend Jeffrey would be picking us up and driving us to the club so we don't have to walk to the club in our high heels. I had met Raylene's boyfriend Jeffrey when I was 17 years old, shopping at the mall. He worked at one of the stores and and had tried picking me up back then, but I was not interested so I turned him down politely. It was weird seeing him again five years later, but... I didn't think anything of it when she told me a few weeks earlier that he was her boyfriend and that their relationship was a bit unstable. I just thought Winnipeg was way too small to be called a city because everyone always seemed to know everyone in the black community and the same social circles. In hindsight, Raylene's boyfriend had lusted after me for years, although I had ignored his attempt at picking me up at the store. I thought he had gotten the message back then that I was not interested in him. How foolish I was to believe that now, that he was with Raylene, that he would no longer be interested in me. Apparently, he saw things very differently, and Raylene was so obsessed with him that she gave in to his twisted desire as a way to satisfy his lustful appetite to be with other women. You see, in her distorted mind, it was her only solution to maintaining their relationship. So that night, she decided to ply me with several glasses of red wine at my apartment before the club then ply me with multiple shooters at the club under the guise of celebrating my birthday. Raylene had convinced herself that she was not doing me any harm, that me being with them in that way would somehow heal my broken heart and her broken relationship. But in reality, she was sending me to the edge of despair by triggering trauma from my past I could not escape, trauma created by other predators no different than her, and him preying on my vulnerabilities and convincing themselves that I would be okay with everything. She had no respect for me as a friend, and she certainly did not understand the meaning of friendship. Being an ex-prostitute with loose morals had made what she was about to do to me seem just like turning a new girl out to her. She could only see the end result she most desired, the man that she loved, filled with more love for her, for giving me to him as a gift. I was to be a living fantasy for Jeffrey, a submissive submissive guest star in his real-life sexual fantasy, subdued by lots of alcohol, unstable emotions, and fresh pain from my failed romantic relationship. I never saw it coming. I never saw their twisted plan for Raylene's cunning na- uh, or Raylene's cunning nature until she kissed me on the lips in my bathroom that night, and I found myself suddenly drowning in shame and guilt. A downward spiral that only increased when she decided to call Jeffrey up to my apartment to fulfill the rest of her disgusting plan. At 22 years old, I had completely shut God out of my life. I had grown up and put years of going to Sunday school and reading the Bible behind me to live in the world. I had silenced God's still small voice that had tried to warn me about Raylene um, that had tried to warn me about Raylene fallen in love with the world, and made people my idols. Perhaps this is why my life was taking another horrible turn for the worse on the night of my 22nd birthday, I thought to myself, lying on my bathroom floor, powerless to stop what was about to happen to me. Raylene had devised the perfect plan to get me away from my two cautious friends, Darlene and Ashley. First, she plied me with alcohol, 
and then convinced me that she had to leave the club early because her and Jeffrey needed to talk and she had left her overnight bag in my house. Then, before I could even tell my other friends that I was leaving the club, Raylene pushed me through the exit door of the club and into the back seat of Jeffrey's car which was idling in front of the building. In no time at all, we were outside of my apartment building and she was dragging me out of his car and upstairs to my suite. This was the beginning of my undoing and a drastic end to our friendship that would ignite a nasty war I wasn't expecting and could not have predicted when we first met. Although I had felt something strange about her on that day that would teach me to never ignore my gut instincts ever again. To be continued. Did you enjoy this recent episode? Then stay tuned for a brand new episode of Writing Through the Pain, My Story Continued, every Wednesday night. Tune in next week, where I will share more of my story dealing with the impact of childhood sexual abuse. Well, as usual, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your colleagues, family members, acquaintances, and friends. After all, you never know who this podcast might speak to, inspire, uplift, inform, or help to break their silence about an incident or incidents of childhood sexual abuse in their lives. To leave a message about an episode of this podcast, or to become a potential guest on the show, please message me at anchor.fm forward slash Ingrid D. Johnson, all one word, forward slash message. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for supporting my mission. Good night and God bless you, my friends.